Welcome to The Productivity Show, the Asian efficiency podcast dedicated to helping you make the most of your time, attention, energy, and focus. In this episode, Tan and I go head-to-head debating which platform is best for getting real productive work done, macOS or iOS. Tan takes the position that the MacBook is superior for getting real work done, and I take the position that iOS actually provides a better interface for getting work done because of the constraints and the portability. The idea of going iPad only has been around for a while, but it's been a hot topic in the dojo lately. The dojo is our productivity community where you can join in the discussion like this and also receive support and accountability from other productive people who can help you achieve your goals. If you want more information on the dojo, go to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. And don't forget that you can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com slash 125. And now on with the show. So as you're aware, here at Asian Efficiency, we are big Apple nerds. Tan and I both use a MacBook and an iPad pretty much every single day. Would you say that's right, Tan? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but for the purpose of this episode, we're going to be debating which one is more efficient from a productivity perspective in terms of getting real, actual work done. We're going to be looking at five different criteria. First is performance, second is the interface, third is the weight, fourth is connectivity, and then lastly, apps, systems, and automation. Tan is going to be Team MacBook, and I am going to be Team iPad. And it's kind of amazing that we can even have this debate or discussion because the iOS devices have come a very long way in even the last couple of years. The original iPhone did not even record video you can believe that. That was just seven years ago. And now you can record 4K video on it. And the iOS hardware is much more powerful than it used to be. In fact, it now rivals even current computer hardware in terms of performance. There's a, a couple articles that have been written, uh, one by 9to5Mac, which says that the iPhone 7 theoretically faster than any MacBook Air. <laughs> uh, and there's a Geekbench comparison. Uh, Geekbench, uh, this is going to be a little bit technical, but uh, that's a site that reviews and uh, basically scores the hardware performance of different devices. And the iPhone 7, which uses Apple's A10 chip, so this is a chip that Apple fabs themselves, and that allows them to take even better advantage of the integration between hardware and software, got a single core score of 3,261, which is actually even more than the Mac Pro, the current generation Mac Pro, which was updated, I believe, in late 2013, uh, that single core score was 3,223. So obviously there's some caveats here, but from single core performance, the iPhone 7 is a very, very powerful computer that you have in your pocket. And you can take that computer and you can use it in a lot of different scenarios where you may not be able to use uh, a a desktop or a laptop. You've always got it with you. And uh, that the, the improvements in the technology uh, allow a lot of different applications of this hardware that we never really thought of before. Yes, while it is true that the iOS space has evolved and when it comes to performance has surpassed way many things that it has so in the past, it's still way behind on other things though. Like when you told me that the iPhone 7 was faster than the Mac Pro, I was surprised, but not completely shocked. But at the same time, when you think about 
the performance of something like an iPad or an iPhone and compare it to a MacBook, it's always going to be behind the eight ball when it comes to that area because you're not going to be able to edit really powerful videos, um, especially when it comes to like course productions that we have going on at Asian Efficiency that requires a lot of like editing, reviewing, and, and all those things and, and rendering and Oh man, I mean, <laughs> you get to sort of testify yourself with your new MacBook, how much faster it is. Um, and th- and then also, when it comes to certain things that you can do or cannot do, it's really related to real estate as well. So I, I feel like the real estate is kind of tied to the performance because uh, on a MacBook, there's so many more things you can do, which kind of brings me to the second point, which is the interface, right? On a MacBook, there's just so many more things you can do uh, because you have more real estate. When you have a 15-inch screen, there's more things you, that you can do uh, than, say, on a 9.7-inch. Right? More real estate in general is more productivity or higher productivity. Um, if you've never used a dual monitor before, you know you don't really know what higher productivity is because I bet you that if you add a second monitor to your desktop machine, you're going to be 10 times more efficient. And this is one of the reasons why I kind of nudge everybody on the team to always buy a second monitor because I just know that it's going to bring more productivity to the person. So um, when you combine the performance and the interface, the MacBook just outweighs the iPad or the iPhone in, in so many different ways. I agree to a certain point that when you do have a a laptop hooked up to an external monitor, you can do more. But I would argue in terms of productivity that sometimes the constraints on iOS are actually a benefit. Uh, Yes, a bigger screen does provide you more real estate. And that can be handy when you're doing something like editing video uh, or things like that. But in my personal experience, I actually prefer iOS for uh, tasks like writing. I will frequently grab my iPad, which I have a Logitech Create uh, keyboard case for, which has the real key switches. So it feels uh, it feels much more comfortable than, than even the, the new MacBook keyboards, in my opinion. And I'll take that and I'll go to a coffee shop and I will sit down and I will write. And because I am in iOS and I don't have all the other distractions, I don't have my team messaging app in a different window. I don't have Twitter open. Uh, I don't have any of those other things that can distract me that I can switch to real easily. I can zero in on my work and I can be much more productive from that that perspective. It's not uncommon that I'll, I'll grab my, my iPad, I'll go down and, and I'll uh, sit down to write an article, for example, and I've, uh, I'll set aside an hour, two hours to write it. And once I get in the flow and the constraints keep me there, they keep me focused on my deep work, I can crank out a thousand words in 20 minutes. And that sort of thing is much harder to do, in my opinion, on a uh, on a, a laptop that's hooked up to a second screen, just because there are so many more uh, distractions that are so readily available. That is true, and I I do find that to be accurate from my own experience as well. When I when I write on my iPad, because the iOS interface and and platform kind of forces you to be single tasking. I mean, you can still do multitasking if you if you have the the latest version where you can like have two apps at the, at the same time. It's it's still very rare though. And 
the interface does force you to focus on one thing at a time, which is which which is a benefit. But at the same time, you can recreate that on your desktop just as easily. <laughs> like you can just turn off all the apps. Um, you can even create a keyword maestro macro to do that. Just like for example, when we're recording a podcast, as soon as my mic is plugged in, I have a keyword mic uh, maestro macro running that just like stops Dropbox, it quits all these apps, it launches. Audio Hijack Pro f- for recording, it launches certain things, and then everything else is sort of turned off. And so you can essentially recreate the same effect by having certain macros in place and at the same time have more real estate, more performance, and do everything you need to do that an iPad can do, kind of, not really. <laughs> so <laughs> you, can, you can recreate that very easily. True. And that kind of leads into the uh, the next point here, which is the, the weight, though, because uh, the flexibility that an iPad gives you, an iOS device gives you, uh, is going to be a huge benefit specifically for a certain type of, of person who likes to work on the go or they do a lot of traveling. Uh, the MacBook is still, even though it's getting thinner and, and, and lighter, it's still pretty heavy. I notice a big difference when I throw my MacBook in my backpack versus when I just decide to grab my iPad. And uh, really, when you grab an iOS device, you can feel confident that your battery is going to last you the entire day. I can't say that about the MacBooks. In fact, they recently, in a I, uh, or in a macOS update, removed the battery remaining estimate because it fluctuated so much. People were complaining that you say that the MacBook, the new MacBook Pro gets 10 hours of battery life, but when I do anything except basic web browsing, I'm actually getting much, much less than that. And obviously mileage is going to vary, but people were saying, I'm only getting four hours, I'm only getting five hours, I'm only getting... I have one person I saw said, I'm only getting three hours of, of battery life and I'm supposed to be getting 10 and that's not an issue with iOS. In fact, on iOS, there's never been a, uh, a projection of how much battery you have remaining. And with the iPads, I have never, ever had trouble just grabbing this and knowing that this is going to last me my entire workday. And uh, that alleviates a lot, of, uh, a lot of friction and a lot of concerns. Uh, it, I've kind of established systems now for my when I go to work with my MacBook, where I've got an extra charger, I've got an extra cable, and and even with the new MacBook Pros, the the uh, the charger has a separate USB-C cable. So that means that I don't have to just buy an extra charger if I want one at my office. I have to buy an extra USB-C charge cable as well. So all these little things, if I'm missing one piece here, it means that I'm not going to be able to get my work done. That's not an issue on iOS. But Mike, when was the last time? you went with your MacBook and spent the whole day away from a charger? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> It'd be nice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I just don't think that's an issue for most people. And, and when it comes to the weight, you just need to hit the gym more because there's, there's, no, there's no issue there whatsoever. I mean, it's very minimal. And I, I, I will say the only time when it becomes an issue is when you're traveling. But only when you're traveling and how often do you really travel for long distance? Um, because then if you, if you travel long distance, every hundred grams does matter in my, in my opinion, because you start to add a lot of things in your, in your backpack, 
you you have your books, you have all this paper, you have all this other stuff that you carry with you as a carry on, and then every every gram ounce really does matter. And 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 feeling the difference of one pound makes a huge difference. Then, however, for day to day stuff, I want to say that the weight is really not an issue. Like when I go to to the local coffee shop here to to do some writing or to get some work done, whether I take my MacBook or an iPad, it really makes no difference because I'm just bringing one item with me. Just like the the hard drive space uh, on on both devices, it's so much more, I guess, calming to know that everything is on the MacBook and not everything is on the iPad, so that when I do leave the house and don't have a charger with me, I can know that I have everything with me. So when you combine the weights, the hard drive, and and all the stuff, the MacBook just makes everything so much easier because you don't have to worry about, okay, do I have this on this machine? Uh, what about the battery life? Is this going to be okay? Most people on a day-to-day living situation don't have to worry about being away for six, seven hours. Like that is really a really, really rare occasion in today's lives. And especially in my own situation, because I work from home. I'm I'm connected to power all the time. And if I do go out for a couple hours, like four or five hours, that's fine. I can do that on my MacBook and the battery life is only going to get better in that sense. And uh, if I'm doing like really heavy editing stuff, like video stuff or even just like, image editing and I need a lot of power for that. Well, I can do that in four or five hours just fine. So I don't need to be away a whole day. And even when I go to like seminars or conferences, I'm away for a whole day. Yes, I could bring the iPad, but also I can do everything on my MacBook plus other stuff that I need to do while I'm there. So uh, I, I honestly think that the MacBook just is way, way superior to the iPad in this area. While it is true right now that the MacBooks have bigger hard drives, I will say that my first MacBook was a 17-inch unibody. I think I bought it in like 2009. That computer was the top-end MacBook Pro, and it had 512 uh, gigabytes of storage. I just bought a new MacBook Pro, and it has 512 gigabytes of storage. So in the last seven years, the hardware capacity for the MacBooks has basically stayed the same. Yes, you can get larger hard drives. Yes, there's flash storage, but that same flash storage is in iOS devices. And iOS devices are quickly approaching the same storage tiers. Like the uh, the iPad Pro, you can get, I believe, a 256 uh, gigabytes of space, which is actually the default uh, for the 13-inch MacBook Pros. So if you're comparing a 13-inch versus an iPad Pro, they actually offer the same amount of storage. Plus, with an iOS device, you have the option of cellular connectivity. So you're saying that it's great to be able to know that when I grab my MacBook, I have everything on there. I would say it's great to know that when I grab my iOS device, I am going to be able to get on the internet, which is becoming more and more important in terms of how people work. Uh, I mean, we, we're a remote team. We all, all of our projects are tracked 
uh, online using Atlassian, using Jira, using uh, Confluence. I can grab my iOS device and I can work and I can update issues and things like that because I know that I will have, if I choose that option, the cellular connectivity anywhere that I go where that's not the case with a MacBook. With a MacBook, I have to go and I have to find a Wi-Fi connection and I have to make sure that I've got my VPN set up so that no one can (laughs) snoop on my activity. Uh, And it's just a whole bunch of other things that you have to worry about when you're looking at getting work done on a, on a MacBook Pro? Well, come on, Mike. That is kind of a non-issue. Like, <laughs> you would even need to use a VPN on your, on your iPad or iPhone, even if you're not uh, connected to a, a network, if you really, really want to be safe. And um, like the only reason you would use a VPN is either you're doing something illegal, <laughs> you don't want to be tracked, or... You know, there's a legitimate security reason for it as well, obviously. But and in most people's lives, there's Wi-Fi networks everywhere you go, especially in the Western world. If you go anywhere in the U.S., there's a Wi-Fi hotspot somewhere. And when was the last time you left your house without your phone, Mike? Like you didn't have your phone with you. That was, uh, gosh, I can't even remember. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Exactly. So if you need connection by the water while you're on the boats or something and you have your MacBook with you and you want to hop on online and do something, well, guess what? You can connect it to your iPhone and be sharing your hotspot there. And bam, you have internet connection there. So <laughs> when, you, when you combine the fact that there's Wi-Fi everywhere and you have your iPhone with you at all times and you can share your connection, it's pretty much uh, apples to apples in that sense because, yes, you can stay connected with your iPad if you have like the 3G, 4G, LTE uh, subscription associated with that. But in in today's world, when you try to save more money, a lot of people don't want to have a subscription to that necessarily when, when they're just occasionally using the iPad, which I think is most people. So if you just occasionally need to be connected, you can just use the Wi-Fi everywhere. Now, this is really, really accurate, I want to say, in the U.S., um, if you live in, let's say, a third world country, that's going to be a little bit of a different situation. Because like, you know, Wisconsin? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then, then obviously, yes, uh, I would say the, the iPad, if you have the internet subscription associated with it, it will be easier to, to lunge around, carry around, and, and do stuff quickly if you need to. But if you're like most productivity nerds, and you just want to get focus worked on and have everything at your disposal when you need it, then I think with the when it comes to the internet connection and the Wi-Fi everywhere and having a MacBook with everything on it, it's just the way to go. Now, on top of that, which is the fifth point, which I really, really think where this is where the men separate from the boys, is when it comes to apps, when it comes to systems, when it comes to automation in general, there's so much more you can do on a MacBook than, than an iPad or even an iPhone. Because, you know, you know when you, uh, you visit your friend who also has a Mac and uh, you try to use the computer and fix a problem and you try to type stuff and you start to realize that they don't have any apps or utilities that you normally use, like Text Expander, PopClip, Keyword Maestro, and you, you wonder... Man, how how do these people ever get work done? Do you know that feeling, Mike? Like when you when you see that happening? 
Yes, all the time. <laughs> like you, you're trying to help a family member or something or a friend, and you're like, oh my gosh, like this is so inefficient. Well, that's what it's like on the iPad. Like you can't really <laughs> do stuff quickly and efficiently. Yes, you have like the, the separate keyboard for a text expander, but there's really, when it comes to like automation and systems running in the background, especially, that is really non existent on the iPad. For example, when I plug in my mic right now on my MacBook, it automatically does all these things in the background. It launches uh, on your Hijack Pro, like I mentioned earlier. It quits Dropbox, so it stops syncing stuff. Uh, it launches Skype. Like All that stuff happens automatically because I scripted it that way. That is not possible on iOS. So when you combine that and also just having more variety of apps on the, on the Mac that can also talk to each other, for example, having OmniFocus work together with Evernote, right? Having BusyCal and Busy Contacts talk together. Having all these different apps talking together, working together, syncing together, linking together provides for way superior experience and efficiency that is just non-existent on, on the iOS platform. I will give you the, the hardware automation on the Mac. It, it, it's impossible to script the sort of thing that you mentioned where you plug in your uh, your your microphone and it does a whole bunch of things. So I'll give you a keyboard maestro, but the rest of them actually, I've found that automation on iOS can even be a little bit easier. It's a, it's different. It's not the same as it is on the Mac, uh, but there are a lot of tools that are being developed which actually provide a better user interface to do that sort of thing. Like Workflow, for example, Workflow has been designed or been uh, promoted as Automator on iOS. That's kind of how people describe it. But if you compare Workflow and Automator, Automator is clunky. It hasn't been updated in a long time. In fact, the person who developed it was recently let go from Apple. So who knows if Apple is going to offer that sort of scripting and and automation on macOS in the the long term, whereas on iOS, it seems like they're completely happy to let third parties like Workflow or Launch Center Pro, even drafts, like there's a whole bunch of apps that provide a great visual user interface that allow you to do that sort of thing on iOS where on on macOS it's actually a bit harder. And that kind of stuff has always been available on iOS using what's called the X callback URL scheme. And really at the heart of it, it's it's URLs, which kind of is the same way that that kind of thing would work on the Mac as well. So when you have an email message, it's got a specific URL. When you've got an Evernote link, it's got a specific URL. But you can do that sort of stuff on iOS. And as an example, uh, with Workflow, using very simple context without needing to know any scripting language, you can actually set up like project templates for OmniFocus, where it'll pop up with a prompt and then you just type in the name and it'll plug in the name and you can plug in due dates, defer dates, context, all that sort of thing without having to know a whole lot of complicated uh, programming language. And it can spit that out as a project inside of OmniFocus, where that is not not possible to the same degree. Yes, you could kind of figure out via keyboard maestro if I uh, click here and then I wait 0.3 seconds, then I move my mouse here and then I enter these keystrokes. But uh, it just gives you a lot more flexibility. So uh, I think that the future of automation actually could be even brighter on iOS than it is on macOS. It's got, it's got a little bit to go yet. It's It's got uh, some maturing to do. But even right now with tools like Workflow, I would argue that for some users, that's going to be much more approachable. Well, you talk about the future. I talk about the presence, 
right now. <laughs> like there's just no competition when it comes to that. Yes. Okay. Maybe with the workflow app, you can kind of like pretty it up and stuff like that. But for the hardcore productivity people like myself, Keyboard Maestro is so granular, can accomplish the same thing and even expand on that even further. For example, um, another example is when whenever I want to link an Evernote to something in OmniFocus and vice versa, I can't really do that on the iPad necessarily or even efficiently. And if I do that on a MacBook, it's like literally two clicks and done. And I can even automate that if I really, really wanted to. So, and, and, and that is something that is a practical use, a practical utility on a day-to-day living. Because most people who listen to the show have both apps, or if not some combination of them that need to work together and link together. And this is something we always talk about at Asian Efficiency is like having an integrated system of apps and that all talk together and work together. And that is just much, much easier to do on, on the MacBook. Now, the other thing, and uh, this is sort of what we're known for is what we call a day of pain and suffering. So this is the idea that when you have a huge backlog, for example, you have like a thousand unread emails after you came back from vacation, or you have a pile of documents on your computer that you need to address. And um, you have this like random piece of information everywhere. You ever notice a mess, your calendar is a mess, your contact system is a mess, uh, whatever platform you have or app you have. If there's a huge backlog of things you need to do, then I find that, by having these systems and automations on the MacBook in place and building those systems in there allows you to clear the backlog so much faster than when you can on on an iPad. So to give an example, when it comes to processing email, yes, you can do that you know, on an iPad through the web browser or use a particular app, but it doesn't really compare to, for example being able to send and, and uh, automatically clear emails through different workflows and scripts that you can have on the MacBook. And so if you do a lot of like backlog grooming or cleaning up stuff on an occasion, you want to do this on the MacBook, not on the iPad, because it's so much more efficient to do it on not only a bigger screen, a faster computer uh, with more automation and scripting ability, than something like an iPad, which is kind of limited in that sense. All right, I'm going to make my closing argument <laughs> because Bring I it. agree I agree with everything that you just said, that it's more efficient to do that sort of thing on uh, a MacBook. But I would argue that it is more enjoyable to do that sort of thing on iOS. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, if, if you have a bunch of emails that you have to clear personally, and I know that David Sparks has talked about this too, where he prefers the iPad for some of this admin type stuff because it just is more enjoyable to use. It feels more connected to you, like you're actually touching the screen and you're manipulating things and it feels much more personal, uh, more whimsical, if you will, more analog, if you want to use that term, uh, than a cold, hard you know, computer keyboard where uh, text input, it just, if you have to do things that you don't want to do, then the iPad is going to provide the interface where it's going to be easier to do that in, in, in a, from a productivity perspective in terms of 
overcoming the procrastination maybe that you would uh, typically you know, put that task off. And then lastly, uh, a lot of the stuff that you would do on an iOS device also is more approachable because it's going to be less expensive. So maybe, you know, for us, it's not that big a deal. We're invested in OmniFocus. It's 80 bucks, I think, for the Mac. But on iOS, if you wanted the same functionality, it's going to be less expensive. And even the cost of an iPad might be a little bit less. So I would argue that if you're looking at it from a perspective of how, what should I use to get my work done and you have a budget and you want something that you can pick up and you can take wherever and you can still do a lot of the things that you might use a, a traditional computer for, like recording a podcast. That's not a Mac-specific uh, task anymore. In fact, there's an article on uh, Six Colors by Jason Snell, who's a professional podcaster, about how he records podcasts locally on iOS without a Mac. And even two years ago, he said, this is ridiculous. You should never try to do this. He edits his podcasts on iOS using a, an application called uh, Ferrite, I believe. Um, the iOS and iPad specifically is a great option that traditionally maybe people have not considered, but you should definitely give it a shot because you might surprise yourself. You, you might find that you are actually more productive on this device if you put a premium on the less weight, the increased connectivity, and uh, just enjoy the constraints of iOS more than the open playing field, uh, wide open landscape of macOS. Okay, I will not given all that way whatsoever because <laughs> if you for example if you want to clear emails right yes it feels more in tune when you touch it on an ipad like you're tapping on stuff you're swiping stuff totally get that but if you're clearing a thousand emails what's more enjoyable getting it done in 15 minutes or going through the whole process for like 30 45 an hour on an ipad where you have to like tap move stuff around and all that stuff. To me, the benefit is doing it in 15 minutes. I can select a lot of emails at the same time. I can easily filter stuff, click stuff around, deselect stuff, all that stuff very quickly and easily and get it over with in 15 minutes or less or you know, whatever time frame, whatever you're dealing with. So to me, the benefit of doing it in less time outweighs the actual enjoyable process that is on the iPad. And that's just partly I understand the fact that, you know, what my hourly rate is, like what is the opportunity cost that I'm thinking about when I'm dealing with stuff? Because if I'm working one hour on something, I'm giving up one hour of productivity for something else. And so to me, if the process is less enjoyable, but I can do it faster from a productivity and purely an opportunity cost and money money versus time angle it just makes more sense to do it on a macbook and the fact that it's maybe more enjoyable <laughs> it probably is more enjoyable on the ipad doesn't really matter to me because it's very black and white to me like i'm looking for a specific outcome to me it doesn't matter how i get there as long as i get there because if i get to the outcome that is the thing that's going to give me the most joy not necessarily the process all right well there you have it uh, you can feel free to join in the discussion. Let us know. Are you team MacBook? Are you siding with Tan? Or are you team iPad? And are you uh, on my side? Uh, this is actually a topic that was brought up in the dojo, which is our online productivity community. 
Uh, and the dojo provides the information that you need to take action on your goals along with the accountability to follow through. It also provides a network of really, really smart people who can provide feedback, encouragement, and validation when needed. You can find out more about the dojo by going to theproductivityshow.com slash dojo. And uh, we've made some significant upgrades to the dojo, whole dojo experience recently. Uh, we added a Slack channel so that people can have these kind of discussions, these kind of debates in real time. And there's a lot of really smart people there making a lot of really great points. And if you want to join in the discussion, then definitely go check that out. We'd love to have you join us and we will talk to you next Productive Monday. Productive Monday.